38K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. A medical expert calls for a strong booster take-up, saying Hong Kong might see more infections once cross-border travel fully resumes. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says border control point polling stations will be set up for next month's LegCo election. And former South Korean dictator Chung Doo-wan dies at the age of 90. A medical expert advising the government on its COVID vaccination program has urged, has urged those eligible for a booster to come forward for a jab, saying Hong Kong might see more infections once quarantine-free travel across the border resumes. Currently, the elderly, vulnerable patients, workers in high-risk jobs, and those who received Sinovac jabs more than six months ago can get a third dose. The chairman of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine-Preventable Diseases, Professor Lao Yu Lung, also said that those who have had BioNTech jabs should be able to get a booster early next year. The whole world would need the third dose, even for BioNTech, in order to ride over the next wave. For Hong Kong, the next wave of years will be the fifth wave, and we do not know when it will come. But my guess is once we open the border and with more people movement across the border, the fifth wave will come. So before that, we need to prepare ourselves. A team of mainland medical experts visited a pharmacy, a clinic, and a secondary school on the island this morning to learn more about Hong Kong's anti-epidemic work. It's the last day of their visit to the SAR. Over the past few days, the team has also inspected the airport, a quarantine hotel, and a coronavirus testing center, with a view to the possible reopening of the border. Chief Executive Kerry Lam said Hong Kong officials will meet their mainland counterparts in Shenzhen on Thursday to discuss anti-epidemic work in the SAR in preparation for quarantine-free travel across the border. But asked if this could happen next month, Mrs. Lam said no date has been fixed yet. Speaking ahead of the weekly EXCO meeting, the chief executive also said polling stations will be set up at several border control points that are currently closed, so Hong Kong residents on the mainland can cast their ballots in next month's LegCo elections. She said this was a one-off arrangement and that the voters would have to register beforehand and indicate which checkpoint they would use. Mrs. Lam said mainland officials had agreed to exempt the voters from quarantine as long as the entire process was conducted in a closed loop. After people cast the ballots at the temporary polling stations in Hong Kong, they are not allowed to leave the area and enter the community. They must return to the mainland at once under the closed-loop arrangement. Mrs. Lam also responded to concerns that Hong Kong might lose its status as a location for international sporting events due to tight COVID restrictions. Although she said uh, and, and acknowledged that some sporting events had been affected, she said others were still taking place. She said it all depended on the nature of the event. A cycling event will be very different from a rugby event in terms of the social contacts and interactions and the risk of infections. And um, a sports event in the velodrome, for example, or in the race course uh, will be very different from a running event all around Hong Kong, where it is very difficult to make sure that the anti-epidemic rules and the infection control rules are being uh, strictly complied with. The police are investigating a fatal traffic accident in Chung Kwan Oh yesterday, in which a 71-year-old woman died. Tarda. Todd Harding has more details. 
At about 6pm, a light goods vehicle driven by a 46-year-old man was travelling along Polam Road North towards Lohas Park when it reportedly knocked down the woman as she was crossing the road. She was rushed unconscious to Changkwano Hospital with serious head and leg injuries, where she was certified dead a short while later. The driver was arrested for dangerous driving causing death and detained for further inquiries. Former South Korean dictator Chun Doo-hwan, who crushed opponents until mass demonstrations forced him out of power, has died at his home at the age of 90. He had been suffering from blood cancer and his health had recently deteriorated. Vicky Wong has more. Chun Doo-hwan's former press secretary told reporters that the general died in Seoul early in the morning. In 1980, Chun presided over the Gwangju Army Massacre of pro-democracy demonstrators, for which he was later convicted and received a commuted death sentence. He joined the military straight out of high school and was appointed a commander in 1979. Taking charge of the investigation into the assassination of President Park Chung-hee that year, Chun gained control of South Korea's intelligence agencies to headline a December the 12th coup. Chun's eight-year rule was characterized by both political repression and growing economic prosperity. He resigned from office amid a nationwide student-led democratic movement in 1987. Police in the American state of Wisconsin say a car-ramming incident at a Christmas parade on Sunday was not a terrorist event. Five people were killed and 48 others injured when Daryl Brooks drove into the crowd in the town of Waukesha. The chief of police in Waukesha, Dan Thompson, said the suspect was a local man who had fled a domestic disturbance. We have information that the suspect prior to the incident was involved in a domestic disturbance and the suspect left that scene just prior to our arrival uh, to that domestic uh, disturbance. The subject was taken into custody a short distance from the scene and we are confident he acted alone. There is no evidence that this is a terrorist incident. The suspect will be charged with five counts of intentional homicide. The German health minister says he's against compulsory COVID-19 vaccinations, but he's urged everybody to get the jab as the rate of infections continues to rise. Jens Spahn said it was a moral obligation to get vaccinated and not a personal decision, and had a stark warning as he urged more Germans to get vaccinated. Probably by the end of this winter, as is sometimes cynically said, pretty much everyone in Germany will be vaccinated, cured or dead. That's the situation. With this highly contagious Delta variant, it is very, very likely that whoever isn't vaccinated will get infected over the next few months, unless you are very, very, very careful in all circumstances. That's why we so urgently recommend vaccination. Finance and President Biden has picked Jerome Powell to lead the Federal Reserve for a second four-year term. The nomination is an endorsement of Mr. Powell's stewardship of the U.S. economy through a sharp pandemic recession. Mr. Biden praised Mr. Powell's record. I'm nominating Jerome Powell for a second term as chair of the Federal Reserve. I'm nominating Lael Brainerd to take the position as vice chair of the Federal Reserve. When our country was hemorrhaging jobs last year, and there was panic in our financial markets. Jay's steady and decisive leadership helped to stabilize markets and put our economy on track to a robust recovery. With more on Mr. Powell's reappointment, here's the BBC's Michelle Fleury. 
The next Fed chair will be presiding over an important moment in the U.S. economy. Here we are at a point when inflation is higher than we've seen in many, many years. What the Fed will do next, that will be decided in part by who leads the institution. There's also the question of climate finance going forward. Will there be a future central bank digital currency? So there are all these big issues that will be decided in part or shaped by the next Fed chair. And I think that's why there has been so much focus that the central bank, the most powerful in the world is seen as a, at a crucial moment in its history. Meanwhile, investors in Japan have been digesting the country's latest economic stimulus package announced at the end of last week. To encourage spending, the $380 billion U.S. package included cash handouts of 100,000 yen to low-income families and to those under 18. Unlike the U.S. Fed, which faces inflationary pressures, Japan is looking for some inflation to take the economy forward. Here's Nick Smith from CLSA in Tokyo speaking on RTHK's Money Talk program. I, I think our balance is a pretty positive development, isn't it? And 10.4% of GDP, so a, a, a something big stimulus package. It, in many ways, it feels like the beginning of the Abenomics time when Abe came in, the rest of the world had been sort of driving around in taxis, throwing money out of the window with big stimulus packages Japan hadn't. And then, just as theirs are running out of steam, Japan started with a big stimulus package itself. In that case, it was monetary rather than fiscal. But here, we've got a huge policy just as it's slowing down in the rest of the world. I think that markets ought to like that. Peter Lewis asked Nick Smith whether he was concerned that a lot of recipients would just save the money handed out to them, as had happened with previous packages. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,703, 247 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $71 billion. In currency, the U.S. dollar is trading at 115.09 yen. The euro stands at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 43 cents. Hong Kong's women's team has made a winning start to their T20 World Cup qualifying campaign in Dubai. They defeated Nepal by six wickets. Mariko Hill was player of the match with 42 not out, including four boundaries for Hong Kong. Captain Kerry Chan scored 17. Hong Kong faced the United Arab Emirates today in their second match. Malaysia, Bhutan and Kuwait round out the group. The top team moves on to the global qualifiers. Next to football... Asian Champions League and tonight's title match between Al-Hilal and Pohang Steelers. The two go into the contest in Saudi Arabia, having each won three titles, tied for the most in history of the competition. Our football commentator, Chris K.L. Lau, says the success of the Steelers reflects the strength of the South Korea's domestic league. The K-League sometimes does not have the same huge fanfare as the J-League and the Chinese Super League. What the K-League does have is stability. Teams are either owned by huge business organizations or the local government. For example, Suwon are owned by Samsung and Osan by Hyundai. So there is large financial backing. South Korean teams have played in nine Asian Champions League finals and have won six times. In terms of the Chinese Super League, Guangzhou Evergrande last won in 2015. The Chinese Super League has financial issues and some of the teams have been really struggling. South Korean clubs and the South Korean national team have performed consistently and the stable financial background of the K-League has helped. 
The search for a new manager at Manchester United is well underway, and the former Tottenham boss Mauricio Pochettino has emerged as a favourite to replace the sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Pochettino is open to joining United, but he's currently managing Paris Saint-Germain. The BBC's Simon Stone says United had a chance to recruit Pochettino before he went to France. There's been a feeling that Pochettino would be a good fit. Now, the thing is that he was available. When he left Tottenham, he was available. And if Manchester United had wanted to, they could have got him then, albeit Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was in a job at the time. But that was open to them to, to be able to make that move, and they chose not to do it. The former midfielder, Michael Carrick, takes temporary charge of Manchester United tonight when they play their Champions League match away to Villarreal. Carrick says it was hard to see Solskjaer lose his job. It's been a very emotional time for everyone at the club. Um, working with Ollie for, for three years now, and I've known him for, for an awful lot longer than that, and knowing the, the, the person that he is, the values that he has, and, and what he lives by, and how he treats people. You know, to, to see Ollie unfortunately lose his job yesterday was, was, was tough for me. United and Villarreal are level on seven points at the top of their Champions League group. Atalanta play young boys in Switzerland with both sides still in contention. Barcelona host Benfica in Group G Barca, now managed by club legend Xavi, are hoping to qualify as runners-up behind Bayern Munich. The England manager, Gareth Southgate, has committed his future to the national team for a further three years by signing a new contract. The BBC's John Murray reports. This expected news comes just a week after England confirmed their qualification for next year's World Cup in Qatar and sees Gareth Southgate and his assistant Steve Holland sign contracts which run until the end of 2024 beyond the next European Championship in Germany. It comes at the end of a year in which England's only defeat was on penalties in the Euro 2020 final to Italy, England's first major final for 55 years. Gareth Southgate says it remains an incredible privilege for him to lead the team and it's been widely reported that this new contract will increase his salary to between five and six million pounds a year. And now the weather. Cloudy, cool and dry becoming fine later. Moderate to fresh northerly winds occasionally strong offshore at first. Fine and dry with cool mornings in the next few days. The temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. The temperature right now is 16 degrees and the humidity is 70 percent. And then, to end the news, the top stories once again. A medical expert calls for a strong booster take-up, saying Hong Kong might see more infections once cross-border travel fully resumes. The chief executive, Kerry Lam, says border control point polling stations will be set up for next month's election uh, for the LegCo. And former South Korean dictator Chung Doo Hwan dies at the age of 90. And that's the news from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Osmani, sitting in for Noreen Mir. It is cloudy out there today again, so I'm going to try and bring a bit of sunshine into your day with my music. We kicked off with "Walking on Sunshine" from Eddie Grant, and there's more to follow. So keep listening. After two o'clock today, Andrew Dembina joins me on the phone for his Tuesday chat about global and local food and drink. That's all coming up. And then after 2.30, I look at some of the rather interesting and unusual stories that caught my eye. So get ready for a little bit of a giggle.